Welcome to Empowered Mind Body Inspiration. The mind is the map to wholeness, wellness, health. The heart is the key to genius and inspiration. Join me and my guests as we explore how to release and rewire into who you truly are unique, whole, and empowered. Please like, share, and subscribe. Spiral up, spiral out. Welcome, everyone. Today we have Indra Rinsler. Indra has studied astrology for over 50 years, combining it with Enneagram of Personality. I'm going to ask you how you say that again, Indra. Enneagram, like A-N-Y-Gram, G-R-A-M. Yeah. A-N-Y-A-Gram. Beautiful. I've never heard of it before, but I'm really intrigued. And it was taught to you by a master in 1999, correct? Yes. Beautiful. And your focus is to awaken clients to who they truly are and live beyond their conditioned state. How beautiful is that? Yes, it's beautiful. (laughs) So let's I want to. I want you to share uh, what you know about astrology because it's such a deep subject, and I find it fascinating. But to hear it from someone like yourself who has studied it for fifty years would be wonderful. And then there's different types of astrology as well. So we'll we'll do that, and then we'll go into into the other things that you combine it with. Sure. Uh, you know, with this astrology, you almost have to for, you have to get rid of everything that you know because most of it is based on con- conditioning, and uh, there's there's really no good or bad. I mean, in astrology, the way people do it today, it's all about good and bad. It's all about you're stuck and you're fixed, and and I don't believe that is that's not the way I do astrology. Uh, I like to. I, I I think of it as an X-ray. That it's a it's a map of our lifetime, and that the placements, uh, particularly the bad, the challenging placements, the bad placements, gives us an uh, a wonderful opportunity to understand what our challenges are in this life. And so I use it as a map of of a consciousness, a map of awakening, to show me where I'm stuck rather than where um, I am always limited. The, um, the famous uh, uh, line about astrology is that the stars uh, compel, they incline, but they don't compel. And so we're not stuck based on our positioning, but we are challenged. And, and like anything in life, we have to learn to overcome our challenges. Right, because... If you use astrology to tell you where you're stuck and you believe that, then you'll never become, never grow beyond it, right? So it's just shining light on what we need to improve upon. Yes, yes, I would say is, is that it's it's the it's the it's where there is stuckness, but it isn't us that's stuck. 
unless we limit ourselves to those to that way of thinking. I mean, it's true for everything, you know, whether we're stuck in a relationship or we're stuck in a job or we're stuck in traffic, you know, are we, are we stuck in traffic or are we just given time to cool out between office and home? You know, it's, it's all, it's all really comes down to attitude. huh? Isn't that what the spiritual path is about? Right. It's about seeing things differently or yeah. Seeing them just in a way that is, more unstuck. <laughs> more more expansive. How about that? Yeah, exactly. So can you, for a layman who has never studied astrology or used it, how would you describe it, what you do? What I do? Uh, well, I mean, what I do or in astrology, the thing about astrology is just that there are three, uh, it's based on a triad. The three uh, principles are the planets, the signs, and the houses. That's the that's the basic idea, and and they're all neutral. The, the planets are like verbs. They're they're uh, they they bring us to action. Emote, Moon, uh, Focus, Saturn, Expand, Jupiter, and the houses are are like nouns. They're places in our life. Uh, tenth house relationship. Uh, a seventh house relationship, tenth house career, fifth house creativity, and the and the signs are like adjectives. They're qualities of energy: fiery, earthy, airy, and watery. And I don't like to define them because what's fiery to a water sign may not be what's fiery to a fire sign. And so uh, the, the, these these aspects are all neutral. But the problem comes in is is that the planets, like a fiery planet, can be in a watery sign. And 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 so it's 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 debilitated. It's uh, it's lessened in its ability to impact because it's it's just in a sign that's not comfortable. And I use the metaphor is is the 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 bikini in the winter and the and the winter coat in the summer. They're great ideas in their proper season, but in the wrong season they don't make much sense. And so planets that are in signs that are not comfortable create a challenge for us. And and that in and we overcome that challenge by uh, our uh, compensation in our behavior. Right. So sometimes we can have an exaggerated compensation just because we're uncomfortable. Exactly. That we compensate because we just don't feel that it's natural. So like you're in a room with a bunch of people you don't know and your mind is saying, I want to be somewhere else. You're singing a song to yourself. I want to be somewhere else rather than saying, I want to meet new people. It's time to meet new people. And, and, uh, and rather than think that they're better than me or less than me, we, we, we just say that they are who they are and I am who I am. And so we just, we, we just move on from that position. And rather than compensating by thinking that they're no good and I don't want to be here and why did I accept the invitation and going through all these mental uh, uh, gymnastics, we just accept what is. And in that accepting what is, there's no need to compensate because we're in the moment and everything is perfect in the moment moment. Right? That's so beautiful. Can you give us an example, maybe something you've learned through yourself that, you know, your sign or just to help us understand more? Uh, okay, let's see. I, I, I'm drawn to suggesting that uh, that I have Saturn and Mercury in the eighth house and uh, the eighth house of transformation. And uh 
and they're they're both in they're in the sign of uh, let me think for a second they're in the sign of of cancer and neither of them neither saturn nor mercury are particularly happy in cancer and so it's always been a bit of a challenge for me but i knew that uh, that in this period right now i i'm 15 years into a saturn period it's not the saturn return it's the mahadasha the great period in Vedic astrology of Saturn. It's a 19-year cycle. I'm 15 years, maybe now 16 years into this cycle. And I knew for for decades that this would be at a, at a particularly important time for me, a time of focused communication on the high side. Planets have, I should say, planets have high sides and planets have low sides. And so on the low side, Saturn and Mercury, I get fearful of communication. On the high side, then I get focused I, I focus my communication and then I'm able to transform. When I'm afraid of communication, then I don't transform. And so this particular period has been explosive for me, including doing 100 uh, uh, talks, well, 96 talks before COVID, uh, you know, bookstore talks and uh, uh, classes that I've given uh, uh, when I was you know, um, hesitant to be public speaking and stand in front of people. I did 96 talks and now I've done over uh, 60 podcasts. And, uh, and I find that, uh, that it's in, um, teaching that I, I learn what I need to learn. And so, and so this, this, this communication then helps me to be focused, which then helps me to transform. Is that, is that clear? Oh, yeah, that's fascinating. So did you have, like, even as a child, trouble with communication? And Well, I would say or- that, that we had some public speaking in my uh, junior high, and I would say that I was never that comfortable with it. And I would say that the, that the, the thing about communication, the thing about some of these concepts is that, like, if you're with your friends – it's not that you have a problem. It only it, it, many of these things come up with with uh, in in situations that are uncomfortable. Perhaps you know a first or a second date may be uncomfortable, but then as you get to know somebody and feel comfortable with them, then they then our difficulties kind of disappear. They change because then we have a level of comfort, and in that comfort, then we like like you know, like opening our heart in a, in a relationship, maybe opening our heart is difficult, but then when we, then when our person, then we begin to love this person and then they love us back and then we can open our heart and we can be vulnerable in a way that we wouldn't normally be with anybody. And so, and so, uh, familiarity helps us to overcome. And so as a child, I would say, you know, more, not, I mean, public speaking, yes, but I would say, that communicating my feelings, I would say, has never been particularly easy. My personality type is such that um, it doesn't come easy. Yeah. And for many, it doesn't. But just realizing or... But for, but for some, it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For many, it does. I'm always fascinated by them. <laughs> so <laughs> you find just by realizing, oh, I'm in my fear state, and I'm struggling, and I'll just be in the moment and ease through it, that that brings growth and 
expansion, really. Well, well, yeah, I would say that it does. I have a uh, a uh, I have a teaching that I share with people that I call the four doorways to conscious living. And so the first doorway is to learn to observe, watching our own behavior, watching our behavior around other people. That we we need to get out of the movie of our life, off the screen, and into the audience, and 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 observe our own behavior, observe ourselves from the witness state. The second doorway is to let go and release what doesn't serve us. That's what you're talking about. And I like to define letting go involves being aware of a feeling, letting it come up, staying with it and letting it run its course without wanting to make it different or do anything about it. It means simply to let the feeling be there and to focus on letting out the energy behind it when letting go ignore all thoughts. And this is from an incredible book called Letting Go by uh, a very enlightened man named David Hawkins. Right. And then the, the, are you talking about power versus force? Well, that's another one of his book, okay. books. Yeah. But, but there's but, another book called Letting Go. Right. And so just not forcing it out. Like just letting it go with, with well, not observing. forcing it, but you, but you've got to be in it. You've got to be aware of the feeling. You've got to let it come up and let it run its course, and, right. and then not do anything about it. But uh, but you have to have the feeling there. You can't let go of something that you're not feeling. Right. So not to push it down and ignore it, but to observe it and. Yes, yeah, so just, to just be with it, to just invite it to tea. Friend, a teacher friend of mine said she invited her feelings to tea, you know, and then just right. had a conversation with them. And so then the third doorway is to just love ourselves. And the fourth doorway is to we then live in the moment. So if we live in the moment, then we love ourselves. If we're not in the if we're not loving ourselves, we're not in the moment. And so how do we love ourselves as we let go and release what doesn't serve us? And then how do we know what to let go and release? We just learn to observe by just watching our own behavior and our own thinking. Right. And when you observe it, you see what isn't serving you. Well, I mean, you can observe it and not know that it's not serving you yet. You know, yeah. it could be serving you. I mean, some of my bad, some of our bad habits serve us until they don't, you know. Being yeah. being shy may serve us until we're feeling comfortable enough not to be shy. And so that's okay. But there comes a time when the seesaw tips and things that 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 served us, then they don't serve us. And that's when people talk now about uh, uh, losing friends and and the old life doesn't work anymore. And so it served us for a while and our ego serves us for a good long while. You know, it still can serve us uh, the guidance that it gives us. But then there's a time when aspects of our ego don't serve us. And, and, and when that seesaw tips, then we, then we're ready to observe it and then, uh, and then let it go. Yeah. Beautiful. And when you talk about the doorways to conscious living, you talk about seeing our movie and the crew behind the scenes. I find that fascinating too. Well, yeah, I don't know about the crew behind the scenes, but the the th I th maybe we're the crew behind the scenes. Yes, I guess that's you know. But I, I talk about it as getting into the audience and watching the movie. That that when we're when we're in the movie, then we're living in past and future. We're not living in the moment. But when we when we uh, 
get out of that movie and into the witness consciousness, then then we have uh, we have that same uh, perceptiveness that we have about other people's stories. Then we can then we can have that a perceptiveness about our own story, and in that in that perceptiveness, then we're able to let go of what doesn't serve us, and to see it, and then let it go. Right. And do you find that then you can guide your scene a little more? Guide our seeing? Our scene, like make things happen the way we want them to. No, I, actually what I find is, is that I have no need to guide, that everything is taken care of. Oh, that's in the beautiful. moment that 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 the that the 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 natural forces take over and there's no need to plan there's no need to 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 conceive and to have it be a certain way or to have an opinion or even a desire because uh, because they will just appear what we need will just appear when it's the right time yeah so is there a component of creation that happens and then the letting go so you see what is to appear that's needed. Do you know what I mean? Like well, I, I think what I yeah. think what it is is it's 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 actually it's the way nature is. And then we put all of these constraints on it, mm -hmm. and then the constraints are lifted, then we say, ah, now we see. But the fact is that it's always been going on, it's always been there, but we block it. You mean our story has always been there? Our our yes, our, our ideas, our intentions, our positions are are we're just blocking something that's already there. Hawkins, uh, you know, we've been reading a lot of Hawkins lately, uh, not only letting go, but other books of his. They're, they're unbelievable. They're they're really unique. They're like scripture. And uh, and uh, that the natural presence is that the 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 the, the, the presence that calls us to our higher state isn't our ego deciding to uh, to live a higher vibration. It's actually the higher vibrations that are calling us. We have it all backwards. Much of life is counterintuitive. Right? That's, just go on about that. I love it. So by, by letting go, um, then things come to us, you know, like if we hold on to, I want a partner, I want a partner, I want a partner, the partner doesn't appear. But as soon as we let go of that idea, then son of a gun, if the partner doesn't come, right? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's almost like we're born with this ability and this knowledge, right? But then we, something about Yeah, the conditioning. Human. Yeah, the, the conditioning. conditioning. And human. Yeah, so yeah. So I tell the I tell this story that the the you know the, the the three to six month old grabs his or her foot and doesn't know it's a foot and doesn't know it's theirs because it's preconcepts. And then a year later, mommy says, "Baby's blanket, baby's blanket." And then six months later, the toddler says, "My book, my blanket, my mommy." The misidentification has occurred. That that through the through the misuse of the of pronouns through the use of pronouns in our language, which are which are really deadly because they they set us up as separate in separation through the use of we could have language based on nouns, which would be objects, 
or actions, which would be verbs rather than our language is based on pronouns. So as soon as it's my blanket, you know, uh, then then everything becomes ours and we and we live with this. We, we develop this misconception that we are separate and we spend the rest of our life undoing this misconception. And the fact is, is that we're all connected. And that's how intuition works is because there are um, there are unseen wires that connects all of us. And I don't know if you've ever read about the trees. I was reading. We, we have uh, I think. Are you in Colorado? Did I get that right? I'm in Montana. Montana. OK, yeah. <laughs> so uh, so you have you may have had the same thing. But in California here, we have these uh, the Beatles, you know, the, the, the Beatles that have been killing the trees uh, in different cycles over the last few uh, decades. And if you read about it, you can you'll read that the trees miles apart through their roots will communicate and that trees down the road can prepare themselves for the for the Beatles because they get the message from their roots from other trees. Yeah. The connection. And, yeah. And so, and so we are all connected. We are in separate vehicles, you know, we're all in the, uh, you know, we can't drive in the, uh, in the uh, commuter lane because we've only got, we're only one passenger cars, you know? And so we look like we're separate because everybody is separate. But the fact is, is that we can feel everybody's energy and that is the connection that, that, that there is no separation. There's only the appearance of separation. Yeah. And yeah. And so it's undoing our learning that we are separate. We have to undo the conditioning that we've been passed down from generation to generation for, you know, 40 to 100 generations of all this junky behavior in terms of that we're separate and that we need to protect ourselves. And that uh, I work with a lot of clients who who are who who buy into conditioned stories. It's empty seventh house. The seventh house is about relationship. And so if you don't have a planet there, then you not only is relationship not as important, not so important to you. It doesn't mean you won't have them, but it's not so important. But you have trouble overcoming. uh, You have trouble buying into other people's conditioning, both society and family. And and it's very hard to overcome conditioning because you don't have any of the roots in you. You have the you have the, the concept, you know, the idea in you that you live from, but you don't have any of the roots when you when you clean out your, when you spring clean your closet, you, you don't clean it because it's not in the closet. It's not your, it's not your story. So it's not in your closet. Right. So the human state is a conditioned state. We're programmed from the time we're born. Why do you think that is? Well, what, you know, why's are always hard. Um, uh, it's a big question. Well, why? I mean, why? Yeah, really. So why is, you know, why it is, is because we're not in our true state. You know, it's not a natural state is, is that, you know, we get born in hospitals rather than in homes. You know, we don't go down to the river and, and, and birth the baby in the, in the water. Naturally, we, we, we're in, 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 uh, it's not even a natural position, I don't think laying down. I, th- I think standing up is a bit of, I mean, then you've got gravity, you know, working with you. I mean, and then the, the whole sterile environment and the mass and the whole thing, I, you know, I mean, yeah. a, a lot of 
unhealing happens in hospitals, even though, right? you know, even though that seems a little counterintuitive and I don't want to get bashing, you know, I don't want to bash anything, but the thing is, is that, uh, you know, I read sometimes is, you know, that, that the hospital is the worst place to be if you want to be healthy. Yeah. Well, I just feel like humanity has been hijacked a little and I, I don't know if it's a Supreme plan or where it comes from. <laughs> So I think that that's, I don't think that's good thinking, frankly, uh, because, because then you become a victim and you have no way out of that. I think that there are, there, there are lessons to learn here. This is not the high plane, you know, this is the low plane. It may look beautiful, but this is, this is where you come to learn. And, and I, I talk about the, in, in the yugas teaching that I teach, we talk, we, we talk about Kali Yuga, which was the dense age in, in, in Indian teaching of the yugas, that Kali Yuga was a dense age. And we came out of, I don't believe we're in Kali Yuga anymore, but it's the dense age, the densest age. And so what's the purpose of the densest age? And so the purpose is, is that I, I make up this story that we're on the ethereal plane and our mentor, whether that's God or maybe our friend. And he says, you know, jealousy is an issue for you, you know, and you say, I don't know what jealousy is. I'm up here on the physical plane, on the ethereal plane, and we're all having a good time. It's like, it's like, um, it's like club med all the time. And I don't, and I don't have any jealousy. And, and so, you know, and then your mentor says, well, you know, let's send you down to the earth into a body, you know, and, and then maybe you can experience it. Oh, okay. You know, in our ignorance, we say, oh, okay. So then we come down here and then we see our partner, you know, holding hands with our best friend and leaving us. And then we know what jealousy is. And, and, and there's value. And in that, then we could say, Oh yeah, now I understand. Yes. Now, now I'm ready to let go of it. And so, and so this physical plane is a teacher, like, like, like anything else, but, and the lessons we can learn here while they're, they're really, um, they're they're not the the you know the high highest teachings you know i mean we can make beautiful stories of moses on the mountain and the 10 commandments and 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 you know that that noah you know built the ark and saved humanity but but the thing is is in the in the in the everyday world you know the lessons are pretty icky and really in our face mm. but but there comes a time when that's the only way we can learn. That's the best way we can learn is because we're too arrogant any other way to learn those lessons. And so it has to be put in our face in a really, um, you know, dense way in order for us to say, you know what, I'm, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. Because like it's, because yeah. as Hawkins says, it's mostly about intention that, that it comes down to how strong is your will. That that's the that's the difference for the waking up is is the having the strong will that you can have the idea and you can have the book, the right books and you can have the right teachers. But if you don't, uh, you know, if you don't get there, they, they, they said to Yogananda, it must be wonderful to live in Mount Washington and everybody must be enlightened. And he said, well, if it's so wonderful being here, then we'd have enlightened mice, but we don't have enlightened mice that you, you still have to do the work. Yeah. So you feel that it's all by design and that it's for our own learning and. 
Well, I, I'm not I'm not yeah. sure that by design is the way I would say it, but I, I agree with that. And I, I think the thing is, is that otherwise you become a victim and otherwise you 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 make things small. And I think that when you when you see that it's a divine plan, that everything is everything has divinity in it and, and the, the, the divine timing, then then you you get into a flow and then and then things work better. You know, it's like. um uh yeah that just things just work better and it doesn't mean that it you get what you want right away but you don't have that anxiety about when is it going to come yeah it's it's being unstuck like you said at the beginning right yes it is being it's being in a in a in a state of openness and receptivity and and i like i like to say that that the that in my readings that when the intuition takes over it's not that um i have any uh great wisdom it's just that i'm open and so the intuition comes through and it, it's not my wisdom it's just wisdom and if it comes through it's not because of me it's anything i've done it's in sense what i haven't done which is is well what i've done is to be open and i what i haven't done is to block it and so and so I, then i can then i can hear you know, that I couldn't hear before, like Tonto putting your ear to the ground and saying, I hear them. They're three miles away. You know, you get this intuition and it's because you're opened. It's not because you have that you're so wonderful that that you're being graced that that doesn't that attitude doesn't really work long term. No. And so open to um, each like each other and open to intuition, which comes from, just talk about that a bit more. Open, open to grace, open to acceptance, open to possibility, open to consciousness, open to willingness, open to discipline, open to openness, open to willingness. I think I already said that. Open yeah. to nature, open to uh, to the moment, open to freedom. Yeah, and I guess I, what I'm getting at is when you're open like this, when, you, when you're in the flow, you move into what, what we were talking about. I guess you move into who you truly are, right? That's that's the way I say it. Yeah, that you that you you get out of the ego, you get out of the stories, and you become who you really are, not who you think you are. Yeah, beautiful. And and you're saying too that we're in the energy age now. We're in the energy age of Dwapara Yuga. Yes, that's what I believe. And 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 so it's a two thousand year cycle. The teacher that I follow says it's a two thousand year cycle. And there's no agreement on anything in, in India. That's part of, there, there's one rule in India. There are no rules. That's the one rule. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> 
so so the fact that people don't agree that's just common that's that's just expectation i mean that's that's just commonality you know people don't agree so so yes i believe we're in drapara yuga if you if you go back the teacher said that in 1900 drapara yuga proper would start and between 1900 and 1910 we had uh the Pavlov conditioning with the dog. We had um, the, uh, and he had already won a Nobel Prize, I believe, in medicine. Uh, two years before he discovered the the conditioning with the dog. Uh, between 1900 and 1910, we had the first flight. We had quantum physics was discovered, and so was uh, the theory of relativity. So it's a pretty bright decade and it set up uh the internet it set up the atomic age it set up universal health care these are not kali yuga ideas the dense age these are these are different it's a different age it's a different time and different thing and different ways of being are going on flying around the world uh, time has less meaning um time seems shorter because uh, life moves faster because you can be one evening you can be in the US and the next morning you're in Asia you know yeah it's pretty maybe, incredible maybe yeah. it's the evening there but it's your next morning you know so and and you're and you're you know in India uh, I like to say in India the US the west makes no sense and in the west India makes no sense it yeah. only makes sense when you're there. Right. And it's supposed to last 2,000 years. So we're just at the beginning. Yes. And I and I put up a Facebook post one time. I had this, I found this incredible picture of this uh, a, a woman who, who put on it. She's five months, five months. She's five weeks pregnant and she sticks her stomach out and you don't see anything. And she's just smiling for joy. So I said that that at 2000 years, we're only 120 years of 2000 years based on nine months of birth. We're two we're two weeks in. We don't even know we're pregnant. And so then you have this picture of this five week lady and she's glowing with the look how pregnant I am. And you don't see anything. Right. That's and where so we're at. <laughs> two weeks, yeah, we're not even there. We're two weeks in. We don't even know we're pregnant. <laughs> so much to come. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't have a, a an I. Yeah, we we have no idea of what it is and what it'll be and where where it's going to go. You- and and. And the, and the mind-body connection that has taken over, that's a symptom of this uh, Dwapara Yuga. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, no, no, no. That Go ahead. I'm interested. That's what that's. Yeah, that, I was just going to say that, that, that the, the mind body connection and all these old ideas coming back, yoga and and uh, feng shui and and vastu in India and and taro and esoteric teachings are all uh, of a different age. You know, they're all two and three thousand years old that have come back uh you know, like, oh, look what we found, you know, like, oh, yeah. you're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> again. Right. Yeah, it was kind of buried, but it is resurfacing and more in tune with it, which is lovely. Absolutely. Yes. So tell us now about Enneagram. 
Enneagram. <laughs> yeah, the Enneagram. <laughs> the Enneagram of personality. Enneagram comes from, is a Greek term. It means nine-sided figure. And this teaching is about 60 years old. It was, it was originally brought to us, the Enneagram was brought to us by Gurdjieff, which uh, if you've been in the spiritual world a long time, you may know of him. But the newer people, he seems to be a bit of a lost art. But uh, he gave us the Enneagram. Uh, another teacher gave us the Enneagram of personality. He put personality at the points. It's a nine-sided figure. It's three geometric shapes that come together to give us a figure. And it's a it's a depth work that, um, that on the surface level is a wonderful psychological tool. It helps us to know ourselves better and helps us to know, uh, to have better relationships. But on the deepest of levels, it's the most unique spiritual tool there is that there are nine personality types. And these nine personality types, these are the ty- nine types of, of um personalities that we are given in order to in order to integrate into the with the world they're they're a um whether they're uh, you know from the ego or whether they're from our uh survival instinct i can't say exactly but the point is is that it's a way to it's a it's a lens to navigate life these nine personality stories and we live out of this story we live at the low side of the story where we have our obsessions and compulsions and then we live on the high side of the story the higher octave which is our our gift to humanity Right. So you're saying um, it's our personality at a core, who we think we are, but not who we actually are. So how does that navigate? So so I, I, I need to give you an example. So I may as well... Uh, serve myself up here on so we we have we number them one through seven there's no uh, one through seven one through nine there's there's no hierarchy but they're also given names and so i'm the seven which is the enthusiast and uh and on the on the bright side on the you know we we look very enthusiastic we get people very excited about things but all of our all of our enthusiasm comes from our not wanting to explore our own feelings that it's actually not a running toward it's actually a running away from our feelings and when you ask a seven uh what are they feeling that they they, they 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 look like the deer in the headlights you know they say oh i'm i'm feeling tired no what are you feeling no i'm feeling hungry no i mean what are you feeling and and to get to the actual feelings is pretty difficult for a seven and and each story each one of the nine types has a completely different set of circumstances they work similarly in terms of the compulsive side of the story but they're very different in their nature so now the high side of the story is is the of the seven is is the um is the magical child that we, that we bring joy to people. We make things fun and, and we bring the light side and, and the, the purpose of the light side isn't to ignore the heavy side. The purpose of the high side of the light side is to, is to realize that that is part of our birthright too. Yeah. How wonderful. Let me give you another one, just as an example, okay? So can you pick a number between one and nine and not seven? Four. Four, okay. So the individualist, okay? They are the, they are the most sensitive in the, in the Enneagram world. They are incredibly, they use 
adjectives like nobody else in Facebook groups. They're using adjectives and descriptive. They are the sensitive ones, the, the musicians, Michael Jackson, Dylan, uh, Whitney Houston, uh, Prince. They they are the, the beautiful models in Paris that that don't think they're beautiful, but they're, but they radiate beauty. And, and they're, 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 they're so sensitive. I had a, a four, a very young four once told me that she said that I trusted once and I got hurt and it was so painful. She had such pain going on, 21 years old, and that's the four, the sensitivity. And what they teach us is to appreciate that 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 they appreciate the sadness of life and the and all of the qualities that they don't that they're not that they may feel sit in that sadness, but they make that sadness a, a work of art, a, a a teaching in terms of teaching us that every aspect of life is beautiful. It isn't like the seven who is only into the high side and the fun, you know, if it's not fun, then it's not fun. And the, mm-hmm. the four teaches us that the sadness can be fun too, because it's feeling and it's alive. Uh, and so they, yeah. and so they bring us the, the individualist brings us the sensitivity of the pain of life and the beauty that that gives us. So fascinating. And do you find as you master one that you would move to another, or is it a lifelong thing that you're born into? Yes, it's a lifelong thing, but there are personas that we take on. The, the, there, is a, um, there are wings, which are the numbers on either side of you. So as a seven, I go to my sixth wing. So when I was uh, preparing for a class and feeling two or three days before uh, fearful, I might think to myself, well, I might, I, I would think to myself, uh, that, uh, nobody will come. They won't like it. And then I think, well, I'll be there. So there'll at least be somebody and I like it. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so that, then I'm coming over the sixth story, which is the anxiety story. I'm coming over my six wing story and coming back and bringing it into my seven. I'm seeing through that story. So that's the wing persona that we, that we pick up. And then we go to a place uh, in stress. Sevens go to one in stress, fours go to two in stress. So at one, I become the perfectionist where I become my easygoing veneer disappears and we become self-righteous and blaming and angry and judgmental, which we are never that at seven. We're easygoing and, and, and the life and the lightness and light of the party. But in stress, then we get to this, uh, uh, this uh, and the uh, the self righteous and blaming comes up, and every seven I've ever worked with, they know this one place, and it's an ugly place. And then we also have a relaxation place, which is the the same is is also a particular number. So if sevens go to five, so so in my relaxation is five. At five is the observer. I'm able to. That's where I did the studying for much of what I teach now that I knew the principles, but I needed to do more research and, and the seven doesn't do research, but the five does. And so in my, in my relaxation place, then I start reading the books and I study it. And then I, and then I, I don't want to present it as a five because then I become the college professor. But if I bring it as, but I present it as my seven, then I bring out the enthusiasm and my love of the subject uh, rather than the tediousness of the studying of the subject. 
Incredible. So did you find, as you learned about this, that you were able to observe yourself in these different places and so not get stuck? Well, I mean, you still get stuck, but you, yeah. but you, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, you're not going to write a, you're not going to run a marathon on the first day of your running, you know? So, yeah. so uh, the thing is, is it's uh it's a process, but I would say that right away you, you learn, uh, you, you learn, you have better relationships, you have more understanding of other people. I mean, immediately, you know, within weeks, if not days or hours. You you right. see through you you understand people in a more a more direct way. You have more compassion for other people. You understand the story when you understand the story you're running. Then you understand that it's a mechanical um, it's a mechanical process, and you understand that they can't really do anything about it, and so you don't take it personally. Yeah. So it gives you compassion, and and you find out where your lifelines are, right? Where you can like leave the blame and go back to enthusiasm? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the enthusiasm needs to be tempered too, because it's also a story. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, an, it's, a, it's an avoidance story. It's I'll be, you know, you can be so enthusiastic that you're, 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 you're making sure that all the eyes are over here rather than over here. Yeah. So it's just recognizing it. Is that what helps? Just seeing? Absolutely. I mean, um, if you study Spanish, you certainly would understand a, a movie in Spanish a lot more than if you didn't study Spanish. Yeah, exactly. How, yeah, how interesting. So something else you talk about is the wheel of totality. Yes. Tell us about that. Okay, so so there there are... <laughs> there was agreement in astrology that there are empty houses, okay? That there are plant there are houses that don't have any planets in them. And so um the wheel of totality is about the empty houses that each house has awareness in it. But if you don't have a planet there, and, I, and again, I'm only interested, I'm not talking about asteroids and I'm not talking about the outer planets because the outer planets to me are more generational. They're not so individually oriented. And I want to I want to help people to wake up. And so I'm more interested not in the generational, I'm more interested in the in the individual. And so we're talking about the inner planets plus the nodes. Uh, so where we have an empty house, we have a um, ignorance and uh, because we don't have any planets there, we're ignorant about the, um, about the awareness in that house. And we naturally start working on these at, at the late 40s or 50. And why is it so late? Is because in 20s and 30s, we're mostly developing ego. I like to say that if I said to a 20-year-old, you need to open your heart, they're going to say to me, no, I don't. <laughs> but if you say it to a 50-year-old, they're going to say, oh, that's the third time I've heard that this week. Tell me more. And so you start working on your deficiencies as you get into your 40s because you're because all of your, your ego story doesn't work anymore. You know, it, you've seen through it. You know, you've had all the you've had the bad relationship situation 
you know, enough times that you get it. I, I like to say it's it's so obvious even I get it. You know, you get to a place where you you finally get it. And so you start looking at your deficiencies and what you're not good at. And so in that time, then you're able to look at the wheel of totality. The wheel of totality is incredibly deep teaching. Um, it shows us, and let me give you a couple of examples that the, that if you have an empty second house, let's say second house, if you have a planet there, then you have the ability to live in gray. But if you don't have a planet there, then you have, then you're stuck in black and white and you have very, you can be judgmental and you limit your thinking. And I, I use this example that I had another client, uh, 22 this time. She said, I'm not going to have another relationship. I said, you're 22 years old. She said, I'm not going to have another relationship. Well, she didn't have a planet in two. And so she lived in a very black and white way that she saw things only limited, that she needed to see things in more, I call it gray, that you can love somebody, but not like what they do, that you can be, uh, hungry, but not meal hungry. And you can be tired, but not sleepy tired, that you can live in gray. And the people that don't have this, uh, don't have a planet there. It's a, it's a, it's a oil in life because it, it's a lubricant to make our life run smoothly. And when we don't have a planet there, then when we live in black and white with them, we have very, we have a, a, a big limitation on our natural way of being. Yeah. Like it's, I, yeah, I get it. Go on. And then I, let me give you another one. I think I already mentioned this is the seventh house about conditioning. So if you have a planet there, then you, then, then I would say, then uh, let's say if you have Jupiter there, then you, then you like expensive, expensive, you like expansive relationships. And I was, I had a client this weekend at a fair and she had a, a Jupiter in her seventh house. And I remember saying to her that, that she likes this discussion because we're talking about expansive things and, and, and that's the way you like to relate to people. And then they frequently will tell me, yes, I don't like small talk. That's sort of the opposite side. But if you don't have any planets there, then you you don't have um, then then you may have relationships, but they're not really that important to you. They're they're things that you have, but they're not you don't hang your 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 hat on that particular hook. That's in astrology. Now in the wheel of totality, because it's empty, then you have trouble seeing through conditioning. And so your parental stories and your society stories are very difficult for you to see through. And as I said before, they're difficult for you because, because you just don't have any roots in that story. And so when you do your house cleaning, you don't realize that it's not your story. And I tell this, I tell the story of, I had a client who was going to be 80 the next day. This was, uh, uh, many years ago, she we were at a fair, and she gave we had it. We spent an hour together, and she was pretty awake. And at the very end, she said to me, and she didn't really know why, but she said to me a phrase which I immediately forgot. But I use the phrase, "A stitch in time saves nine. It's something similar to that. She said to me, and I said to her, "That's not your story." I said, "That's Puritan ethic." She was an eight, which is the 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 boss. That's the strongest. She was a um, she worked as a as a union leader, you know, <laughs> and so the Puritan ethic wasn't really her story. She said to me this phrase, and she said, "Every night for thirty years, I've been praying for my parents' forgiveness." Because I don't live this way, you know, I don't save a stitch in time. I don't have Puritan ethic. I said, it's not your story. I said, it's their story, but it's not your story. 
She said, it's not my story. I said, no, it's not your story. But she had, she didn't have a planet in, in the seventh house. And so this conditioning for 80 years, she'd been trying to live up to ideals that weren't hers. Yeah. Well, that's huge, isn't it? Like, it's absolutely what? huge to be able to let go of stories that aren't yours. It's huge. It's, it's like, it's like wearing two eye patches and wondering why you can't see. Yeah. So that's what you do, Indra. You help people see, you know, what, who they are and what is their story? What isn't their story and how to move yeah. through it. It's so well, I want to I want to say that the modalities do that, and I'm a facilitator. I suppose right. that yeah. that my interest is in the is in sharing these teachings, and I have studied them, some of these for more than fifty years, and uh, the Enneagram for almost twenty five years, and the Wheel of Totality I've had now for seven or eight years, and so I I have taken them very seriously, and I have. Uh, uh, listen to what they want to tell me because the wheel of totality told me how it worked. I mean, I didn't really know. I mean, it just appeared in my life. It was given to me by spirit is the way I say it. And I didn't really know what it was. And then I listened and it told me how it can be used. And so I use these modalities to, to reflect back to people Um who they who they think they are in order to be able to let it go there's no people i'm really pleased that clients uh, are we can go so deep in the sessions because they don't find any judgment in me that there's no you're wrong or you're bad or this isn't good it's all here's what's going on it's just you know just reflecting back to them what 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 they're saying and feeling from from the um, from the maps from these three maps that are Dwapara Yuga tools, they are energy age tools to place us in this life in order to to place us in the life and that we, where we're attached and where we're not attached and where we need to grow and where we're already good. Strengths and weaknesses of astrology, the the um, the the positionalities of the Enneagram story and the deficiencies of the uh, Wheel of Totality. Yeah, I find that so powerful. And, you know, to let go of judgment in ourselves. And like I often tell patients too, that like there is no judgment. We are just human. It's where we are right now. <laughs> and, and we're all going through this experience, right? There's well, I think we're, I think we're more than just human, but yes. yes. Yeah. But <laughs> while we're here, we feel that, but right. We well, that's human. the problem uh, that we, yes. need to not, we need to not be stuck in just fe in feeling that we're human because it's a, it's only a small part of who we uh, it may be no part of who we are, you know, the body is human, but we're not the body. So, so I don't even know if we're, you know, if, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what's true. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> but we're much more, what would, how would you describe it? Well, I, I, you know, I mean, you know, I, Facebook, you know, we're spiritual beings have a human experience, you know, but we're not, when we limit ourselves to that we're human, we, we're, you know, it's like saying we're, um, 
you know, when we're young, we can't drive or, you know, I can't learn to ride a bike or I can't learn to drive or, or I won't have another relationship or um, I couldn't ever be an astrologer, even though it's what I wanted to be, you know, uh, uh, if you, I'm saying, if you say that, you know, you yeah. want to be an astrologer and you say, well, I can't be an astrologer because look how good the astrologers are already. And so let that go. That doesn't really serve you. It's a, uh, that's the ego talking. That's that's the that's the low side. That's uh, our limitations. It's a it's a childhood self that's that's speaking those words, yeah. not the mature adult. Yeah. So do you do you believe that we come back a number of times to learn to enter different houses and different personalities? You mean reincarnation? Yeah. Well, I I certainly think that that's uh, a reasonable assumption. Yes, I would say. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I learned to believe and disbelieve everything. So, you know, if I had to, you know, if you put a gun to my head, yeah, you know, I believe that. But I mean, you know, maybe it's not true and that's okay too. But the thing is, is I think the thing that I have feeling that one of my strongest feelings about the the reincarnation is this whole idea that because we got stabbed or we stabbed somebody eight lifetimes ago that we've got this karma that we're dealing with now and that it's holding us back. I think that thought holds us back and that I don't particularly like. And so the reality of it is it may be that we did something or something happened to us eight lifetimes ago. That may be true, but the reality of it is right here, right now in this moment, what are you, what are you going to, you know, what do you need to do with it or about it? You know, it's 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 the reality right now that's important. But what I find is, is that many people are stuck in their previous reality, just like they're stuck being a child when they get to a difficult situation and they get stuck hearing their mama, uh, their mom saying a stitch in time saves nine and thinking that they need to save nine um, when it's not really their story. Yeah. So empowering. Thank you, Indra. How do people find you? Or more of what you do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a website, IndraRinsler.com. It's all one word uh, that you can read about the modalities and what I do. Uh, the readings I offer are, I call them life readings. I use the three modalities and it takes at least three hours. And, uh, you know, if you're really listening, you can do it once. Sometimes people come back and, and they get more out of it. You know, we can do other sessions. Uh, I also do location astrology, the power of place to help people. Astrocartography, it's also called. In order to help uh, place to find places on Earth that are more conducive to um, what you um what you want to gain, where you want to be and how you want to live. You know, there are, there are places yeah. that help that and places that don't help that. And so I do, uh, astrocartography to help people with, with that. Um, and, uh, if people want to just, uh, connect and have questions, I'm happy to do that. My email is again, Indra Rinsler at gmail.com. It's all one word. You can write me and I give your, listeners uh two free offers that i will send you the enneagram test so you can figure out your number or it can give you a start in figuring out your number it's a it's a, a simple paragraph test and it takes five to ten minutes I'll, I'll send you that for free if you write me and ask for that great so and the second 
and the second offer uh let me let me give you the second offer is um that I will send you your astrology, your Vedic astrology chart, the astrology of India. So um, you need to email me uh, three pieces of information, date, time, and place. And then I will send you back your chart with a little bit of an explanation on how to read it. And then maybe I may make a comment or two about your chart. It's not a reading for free, but if you want to explore, you can then, you'll have the information that you can start exploring this particular chart. It's different um, it's a different form than, a, than the normal Western chart. It's also cast slightly differently. It's 24 degrees difference. Um, and, um, and I won't go into why, but I find it to be much more accurate and much more useful for this, this whole waking up to, to give me a clear idea of what's actually going on. Excellent. So we'll provide, I'll put those links in the show notes to make Great. sure people can find you easily. I love it. So fascinating. Thank you so much, Indra. What would you tell people just as a final reminder? Uh, as a final reminder, love yourself. Mm. Yeah, just love yourself. Just, uh, you know, realize that um, it's, you know, just like Netflix is there for us and Twitter is there for us and Facebook is there for us, you know, not getting into any politics, you know, our life is there for us and just to love us and love the opportunities and, and love the things that, that we have to work through because once you work through them, then they disappear. And I'm sure everybody has gotten over um, their um some a challenge in their life and that could be any challenge you have can be like that you can uh, we had a workman come here one time and he said his goal was to put us in the rearview mirror and so you can put all those challenges in your life in the rearview mirror when you realize that you're uh, an ethereal being and that you, you that love is your birthright that's you know that's what i love about what you're talking about because when when we see that it's just part of who we are and we accept it and we put it in the rearview mirror and we're able to love ourselves again, right? So beautiful. Yes, love ourselves uh, again and more and more and more d deeper each day. Uh, surrendering, continual surrender. We've come to this place of continual surrender. There is no stopping and starting. It's just a continual life of continually letting go and surrendering to what is without any expectations, without any judgments, without any need for things to be different than the way that they are, whether it works or it doesn't work, whether, whether your car works or your car doesn't work, whether the plant grows or doesn't grow, whether, whether, whether society and life is the way you want it to be or the way you don't want it to be, it doesn't, it doesn't ultimately really matter. You just, um, you just, just groove on what is. Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Thank you, Indra. I enjoyed this immensely. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, don't give away your power to anyone else. Be the creator of your own life. You can find more inspiring episodes on 14 different platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and EmpoweredHealth.com. Be a part of Thrive Tribes. Be the change in Thrivolution at thrivetribehub.com. 
and join me and my fellow changemakers at Health Tribe Body, Mind, and Soul on Facebook. Spiral up, spiral out.